Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Callan FM. With me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. In a week where the news has been full of um, Brexit and uh, and all the other stuff that we that we try to ignore, um, we've noticed that uh, there are a couple of stories that have caught our eye. Of course, there's the Marks and Spencer story and the idea of them joining forces with Ocado for home delivery of groceries um, and the impact that's had on the share price. And Taylor Wimpy, who have reported massive profits, which have been boosted by the Help to Buy scheme, sit alongside Persimmon, who have been lambasted for making huge amounts of money out of the Help to Buy scheme. Um, we, we we sort of look at the news and then decide on a story to focus on. I know you've... Yes, you've I wasn't allowed to focus on this one because it's got the B word in it. Um, and um, it's been linked to the B word, to Brexit. But um, British business confidence um, in February is at its lowest level since June 2016 which is when we had the the Brexit referendum. And that was according to Lloyds Bank Business Barometer. So moving swiftly past the B word, we chose a different subject to discuss. <laughs> yes, yeah. We, we're revisiting. A while ago, we talked about the gig economy, I think in the summer last year, I think it was. Uh, and there's a story that's, that's hit the press this week about Hermes delivery. Um, people who do delivery, uh, delivery drivers who often have their own vehicle um, and might be considered to be self-employed are then often working solely for one distribution company. And therefore, that poses the question, are they actually employed? So Hermes have come up with um, a, a groundbreaking deal, which the unions have, have accepted, which is basically self-employed plus where they get some of the benefits of an, an employed status and some of the freedom uh, of a self-employed status. Um, we've been looking at how, how those two things sit side by side because it's not just a, it's not straightforward at all because once you start getting into it, uh, national insurance contributions and taxation, it throws up all sorts of, of, of other questions. It poses more questions than it does solutions, I guess. You've been looking into that, Tracy. What did you find? Yes. Yeah, so um, I think so many times I've seen the word groundbreaking, but in inverted commas. <laughs> I think it sort of shows the opinion of the people writing those pieces. Yeah. So uh, one article on People Management website this week um, talks about the concerns over tax implications and lack of legal clarity. They're pointing out the misalignment between employment status and tax status. And the thinking is that HM Revenue and Customs are going to start to be looking at this again, mm. because clearly what they're missing out from companies when they're employing these self-employed plus people is the employer's national insurance. Yeah. So although there are some benefits both for the company and for the self-employed employee yeah. um, in, in terms of holiday and pay rates and union representation. The big loser in that is HM Revenue and Customs. And I think one thing's fairly certain, HM Revenue and Customs doesn't like to be the big loser in issues like no, this. They're going to come after it somehow, aren't they? Yeah. And, and then another article talks about 
obviously about this difference in in tax, but also the the difference in employment rights. It leaves us with with the situation where it isn't actually legal legally defined yet. The self employed plus is a concept that's been devised by Hermes and the GMB union. But there is no legal category for it. There's either employed or self-employed and then this worker role that we've got. Self-employed plus isn't in there yet. So I I think it's going to develop over time and um, a number of different parties are going to be interested in this. But at the moment, it's it's not terribly clear cut clear cut i think also apart from the financial there are also um a few things particularly with Hermes. so at the moment as as things stood uh, if you had your own vehicle and you were delivering parcels you plotted your own route and these were the parcels that you needed to deliver and you just go and deliver them and get them done uh, by the end of the day whereas now um you will be required to deliver in a route that has been specified by Hermes. so they tell you that's parcel number one, that's parcel number two, and this is the route that you take. So then that reduces your flexibility. Now, are they going to be pricing that based on the efficiencies of your fuel consumption and um, your your revenue, or are they going to be basing it on the requirements of the customer? And that's so, so just yeah. in practical terms, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. Now, this takes me back really to the 90s, around that period where lots of companies were making their IT departments redundant. Yes. But then employing them back, back to in. self-employed. Yep. And I, I seem to recall, because I, I, I used to work, you know, sort of between accounts and IT departments, often as the translator. Yeah, yeah. The person <laughs> who spoke, yeah, both I languages. IT and accounting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the measures there were really, you know, could you substitute somebody else to do your job? Did you have to turn up at your desk? Did you, you know, have to work between those certain hours? You know, and it was all about how much flexibility there actually was. And if there wasn't any fl- flexibility, you know, you had to turn up to do your job. Essentially, they were they were classed as employed. And I, and I guess the same sort of measures can be applied to Hermes, surely. Well, there were there were a lot of umbrella companies, weren't there, yeah. where if you were a freelancer, you'd all effectively be employed by the umbrella company and subcontracted into the um, the person who, whose desk you were sitting at and, and the business that you were working within. So, yeah, it's. I suppose it, maybe it's just a trend. I don't know what will come out of it, but... Um, it, it's a trend that falls under this umbrella term of gig economy now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Because I, there are so many more um, roles that fall into that category. And the GMB union seem to think that this is this is groundbreaking and it will it will shape the way that, that the gig economy works going forward. I guess that is one important thing to say, holiday pay and pay rates aside... With this status, in inverted commas, you do get representation from a union if you choose to take it. And that is is often underplayed in in society at the moment. But actually, to have somebody on your side, if you're this self-employed plus person, Mm. you probably haven't got anybody else on your side. So for Mm. me, that is one of the big winners of this situation. Yeah. We'd be interested to hear from you if you are part of the gig economy and and you know whether you you might be a delivery driver or you might be doing um similar work tell us your experience and what you think about this you can do that by going to our website thebusiness.community 
You're listening to The Business Community on Callum FM. And in this section of the show, we like to bring you a bit of news from the uh, world of business or some events that are going on. So I'm going to start off um, with a little reminder that I had yesterday from a, um, one of my web hosts, just reminding me that I haven't upgraded our website to a secure website, HTTP should be now HTTPS. And Google have been campaigning for years to push this through. But from July last year, they actually used Chrome to warn visitors to websites it, that their website wasn't insecure, what wasn't secure. And this could put a lot of people off. 50% of people around the world are estimated to use Google Chrome. And this warning can put people off and make them think that literally their life, their um, identity, their money is in danger. And what they want um, people to do is to just pay to upgrade their websites to have this security certificate. It can be a, a relatively low cost, depending on how big your website is. For a small website like the business dot community, mm -hmm. it's quite a big cost. Um, so if, if anybody out there is feeling generous and would like to help us to make our <laughs> website uh, compliant with Google, then we'd be more than happy for, for your contributions. Um, moving on then, um, growth, uh, innovation and growth is a, is a big thing at the moment. I've got two events here that uh, might be of interest to you if you are looking for investment to grow your business. Uh, there's a free business event which is taking place next week, the 5th of March, uh, 7.30 to 9.30 at Red Wither Tower on the Industrial Estate. And you can find out here how innovation can help your business to grow with access to funding through um, a programme called Smart Cymru. You can meet the team who will talk you through the application process and hear from other businesses who've benefited from innovation support. Smart Cymru Business Innovation is part funded by the European Regional Development Fund. So really, get in there now while you can, I think is the advice. Uh, it offers financial support to Welsh businesses to help them to develop, to implement and commercialise new products, processes and services. And the programme will co-invest in your projects to help you to create and build on your capacity. So you just have to be a Welsh business to benefit from that. Then another business growth programme, this is the 2020 business growth programme and FSB and they'd like to invite you to a preview event that's being held in Teapaub in Wrexham on Thursday the 7th of March. It's a morning one again but not quite so early, 9.30 to 11.30 and the event is for directors and managers who are looking to develop their leadership skills and their business. The programmes are part funded by Guess Who?, Europe. There's up to 70% funding from the European Social Fund through the Welsh Government and Cardiff Met University and Bangor University. So if you're a business in Wrexham, Flintshire and North Powys, then you could benefit from this like Apparently, over a thousand businesses already have done. The preview event will provide you with an opportunity to meet other business leaders who are interested in joining the programme. Hear from the 2020 team and also participate in a short masterclass, which is facilitated in the style of the 2020 programme by business psychologist Pauline Bow, just to give you a flavour of what 2020 is all about. It's on Thursday the 7th of March, 9.30 till 11.30 at Teapaub in the centre of Wrexham and their details are on Eventbrite. 
Heather, what have you got? I've got three for you this week. Uh, the first one is a conference taking place at the NEC next week, uh, the 5th to the 6th of March. It's health and well-being at work, uh, a topic that is uh, high on the agenda for employers. Um, it's been running for 13 years and there are opportunities to exhibit as well as attend. Um, it attracts key, The event attracts key decision makers from both the public and private sectors uh, and offers great networking opportunities, um, brand awareness, and there are lots of promotional opportunities and workshops that you can attend. Um, you, if you want to find out more, go along to healthwellbeingwork.co.uk. Uh, so that's next week. Then beyond that, going into the 11th of March, this is a free event um, organised by the Northwest Regional Organised Crime Unit. It's a cyber protection uh, event, 11th of March, 11 till 12, free cyber security advice for businesses. It's at Clangothlan Library. It's free to attend and we have mentioned events that they've run in the past. Cyber security uh, is, is a massive subject and it whether you think you're all over it or not, it's always moving forward and changing. So it's worth going along, if only to make sure that you're completely up to date. And finally, this is an event going into um, April, taking place in Oswestry, uh, organised by JMPR and Gina Design. It is a paid event. It's £124.14. I don't know why. Something to do with Eventbrite, I imagine. It's at the Wednesday Hotel in Oswestry. And this is Shout About Your Business Digitally, Socially and creatively in one day. This is about turning up and ending up with a strategy for your small business about how you get your key messages out and where to send it to. Um, so those are the three that I've got for you. The reviews section of the show might include a book, it might include an app, it might include a, a news publication. This week we're reviewing a website. It's a website that both Tracy and I have used many times in the past, um, but we thought we'd visit it with a different pair of pair of glasses on uh, and look at it very much from a business perspective. We're looking at businessballs.com and they... Uh, we both agree that the website has changed a little bit since um, we've we were using it last, but it has a lot of valuable resources and not necessarily very easy to find, but they are there if you look out for them. The site claims to be uh, the the online resource for all things to do with leadership management, personal effectiveness etc. Uh, and it has lots of online learning and lots of courses which might put you off. But actually if you can drill down beyond that and start to look at um, the different resources subsections you'll start to find some things that are I think really useful. For example they have a section on um, different tools so Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, transactional analysis, a SWOT analysis and they offer you um, templates through their quick templates section so that you've got a time management template um, there's some standard letters um, all sorts they've also then take you to useful links which includes their blog 
And then they have quizzes. Now, I don't know why they have quizzes, but they they're have... not just business quizzes. No, they're sort a bit of random. General knowledge quizzes. Yes. Pub quizzes. Yeah, like a pub quiz. But I mean, if you like a quiz, then this is a good place to find one. Um, but but overall, once you start to drill down, there there is useful information in there. It's just not set up quite as um, as I remember. But but the blog is varied and there will be something. It's longstanding. There will be something. Um, there'll be something for, for everybody, really. What what do you think, Tracy? Yeah, well, I was so confused um, when we were, we were talking about what we were going to review. And, and I suggested this. And you went, oh, yes, let's do business balls. And I went on to find it. And I, I had to go, is is this what I meant? I had to Google, is it businessballs.co.uk? No, it's not. Is it business hyphen balls? Because I just didn't recognise the website at all. When I determined that it was actually the original website, I, I, I dug a little deeper into it to try and understand you know, what, why the change, what it was. So it was founded by a gentleman called Alan Chapman in 1999, which is probably around the time I really started to use it. And I've used the website quite a bit. But it was redeveloped by a company, and I don't know how to say this, a Kipio, a Scipio, uh, in 2017. So clearly that's what's happened. I probably haven't tried mm. to access the website mm. since 2017. So that now a Kipio or a Scipio are providing the ongoing management and they're, they're managing the website in this new um, partnership that they've got. So I think what they've done is uh, they, they've made a very conscious effort to change it um, so that it will appeal to businesses and very specifically to businesses that are looking for learning and development resources. Because before, I suppose, where I was coming from, I was looking for resources that I could use, which I was going on then to use in a training environment. And it appealed very much to me. Whereas now, and thinking about it, if I was a business, I perhaps wouldn't have looked to business balls for help because yeah. I wouldn't have known what I was looking for. Yeah. So maybe the idea of changing it all to be very focused on here's a package, here's a course if you want to learn about this or a course if you want to learn about that. Maybe the idea is to direct people who don't know what they don't know into the areas that they can actually pick up these resources. So although I was disappointed um, initially, I, I, you know, on digging deeper, I can sort of understand where, where they're coming from. And uh, the other thing that I, I noticed is that they're also offering to, for businesses to use the Business Balls platform as their own learning platform. So if you've got an internal um, learning system that you use in your company and a lot of companies do then you can have the business balls website but branded to your company and also with some bespoke content in there so say for example you've got um, a lot of new managers coming through and you want them to go through a certain pathway with their learning then you could use this platform to to guide your new managers into becoming established managers and then take them um, through the, the progress on that so I think that might be interesting um, but I, I also felt a little bit let down because I, I went on to the courses bit and one of the benefits um, announced on the website is that Akipio do training so they've got their own website and they do um, CMI training and ILM training and I thought oh, okay I'm, I'm interested to know a bit more and then I clicked on the link and in more than three or four times, it just went to a broken 
link on the Akipio website. I thought, oh, for me, that makes a website feel a bit unloved. Mm. So then I went to look at the blog. What did you for You went to look at the blog as well. What were your thoughts on the blog? Yeah, I mean, I think I think overall that the, the, the website is much more. It's about monetizing the resource, isn't it? It's, they're, yeah. they're very much about income generation. I think the blog is um, is varied. It's interesting. There's there will be something for everybody. Um, it's not. Um, it's not earth shattering, but, you know, there'll be some tips and, you know, how to do this and how to think about that and questions that you should ask. And so I think it probably, well, certainly for me last night, I ended up going down a rabbit warren. You know, you start off somewhere and you go, oh, and then they mention something and I think, oh, what's that? So then I go and research <laughs> oh, that. You did what I normally do. Yeah. So so I think it's helpful in highlighting to you what you what you don't know, you don't know, if that makes sense, yeah. so that you can then go and, and get yourself um, up to speed with with what you know what, what you need to know about. I, guess. I would suggest if, if you've got a, a vague idea of what you're looking for, there is a really useful summary on, on there. So you can find a link in the about section with a, a, a summary of all of the free resources. And, and I went on that one and that's where I thought, oh, yeah, now this is where I can find whatever it is, the, yeah. a template for mentoring, a template for this, that and the other, a CV templates and some guidance. Um, that I'm just looking at it now and there's um, some ebooks and business survival and prosperity. Um, there's personality and perceptions matrices, a reflective diary templates. Yeah. So there's a massive long list there. I think that for me is more useful than going down the course route. But I'd, be, I'd actually be really interested to know if you're coming at it from another point of view and you don't know what you don't know, whether the courses would appeal to you or does the word course put you off? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm com, coming at this from a, a slightly different angle. Would, would course put you off, Heather? Well, I think the, the risk with this site is that it does look, when you, when you land on the homepage, it does look like it's just trying to sell you courses. Uh, so, yeah, and if that's not what you're looking for, you're probably going to just bump onto to somewhere else. So it's worth, it's worth, you know, looking around. Um, it depends. If I were looking for a course, is business balls where I would start? Probably not. If so it I sort of falls between the two. Yes, it's neither one or the other. Um, if I happened upon business balls, would it make me want to to do a course? No, probably not. If I searched for an ILM level five management qualification, is business balls where it takes me to? No, it isn't. So. I don't know. I have mixed views. I, I've, I have mixed. I think going back to it as a resource, I think where it is really helpful is if you want a diagram to put in a PowerPoint presentation that demonstrates um, uh, a management model or um, uh, a sales model or something like that, you will find them on this site. Yes. So there's a number of categories I'm just looking at now. Self-awareness, performance management, project management, strategy and innovation uh, and on and on so if you click on strategy and innovation it then lists the featured resources which could be a SWOT analysis a pestle analysis a, a business plan some um, Johnson and Scholes information and, and then some articles um, about organizational strategy and development so actually when you start to drill down then it, it becomes more of a powerful resource that I remember it 
being. Yeah, I think if you... It just took me a while to get there. Yes, exactly. I think if you run a small business, you don't have, um, you know, a department for everything, then there will be some support, even if it's just that if you're a bit like me, if I want to make an inquiry about something, I like to go and educate myself to a certain level before I pick up the phone and sound like somebody who really doesn't know what they're talking about. And I think this is a great place to do some of that. So that's the website. It's um, businessballs.com. Go and have a look and uh, tell us if you agree with us on this one or if you strongly disagree with us. We're quite happy to to enter into a conversation with you. Go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash the business community. Or go to our website at thebusiness.community and leave a message on this week's blog. This week's business leader is a lady called Arianna Huffington. Um, She was born in 1950 and she's a Greek-American author, columnist and businesswoman. She got her name Huffington from being married to Republican Congressman Michael Huffington. And she is also the co-founder and editor-in-chief of the Huffington Post, which is now owned by AOL. She's been a popular conservative commentator and uh, she's moved to a more liberal points of view according to wikipedia and she has also run as an independent candidate for governor back in 2003 um she's featured on forbes so she's on the forbes power women list for 2018 there's number 77 seems quite low down but she's a lot higher than me and you heather (laughs) and um on forbes um she's Uh, A a brief summary about her, that um, she stepped away from her Huffington Post newspaper, online newspaper, to found the health and wellness startup Thrive Global. And she's the CEO of Thrive Global. That was launched in November 2016 and has raised over $43 million in funding to date. She's uh, a board member of Uber and she steered the company's corporate culture in a healthier direction, apparently, by prioritising better work-life balance. And she's also um, one of these women that sort of shows up in in various places um, at the moment to do with her um, Thrive Global and this big thing about sleep. So... From what I can see, her personal profile is very carefully managed. Her website is very carefully focused on what she's promoting at the moment. So when you go to her website, ariannahuffington.com, it goes straight to sleep because her latest book is is about sleep. And uh, very little extra stuff is on there. But there are some good sleep resources on there if you are struggling to sleep, actually. You click on there and you go and have a look. And when I say about managed as well as that website, the links for that website, which is in her name, for Twitter and Facebook, take you both to Crown Publishing accounts on Twitter and Facebook. So I thought, oh, maybe Ariana Huffington isn't on Twitter, but she is indeed. She has a verified account. Ariana Huff is her name. And she describes herself as mother, sister, HuffPost founder, founder and CEO of Thrive Global, whose mission is to end the stress and burnout epidemic. She's got nearly three million followers and seems to be fairly active, but mostly sharing Thrive Global blogs she is on instagram as well so she's got um just over four thousand posts just under half a million followers following 474 people 
And she describes herself again as mother and sister of Post founder, founder and CEO of Thrive Global. Now, the big question, she's worth in the region of $50 million. And that is from CelebrityNetWorth.com. Heather, what have you got about Ariana Huffington? Well, her money was made through the Huffington Post, which she which she built up from nothing. Um, so there's no doubt that she um, she is successful. Uh, you're right about her own website. It focuses very much on the thing, which is the, the sleep res- revolution that she is working on. Um, but I think that when I when I started looking at her, everything was taking me towards this sleep thing. This, and I was thinking, okay, enough, enough. You know, this is you know, is this just she's got a lot of money and therefore she's got nothing to do, so she's focused on sleep. But actually, her story is very much that during her her varied career uh, and having written numerous books and done all sorts of things, she was working hard at the Huffington Post and absolutely just burned herself out just completely exhausted herself fell in her office banged her head woke up in a pool of blood and thought whoa hang on a minute something's got to change so it was so the whole sleep thing uh, is born out of her having been there and got the t-shirt so I think that she went up in my estimation then because before that I thought okay so she's you know she's Cambridge graduated you know um journalist And then, not got lucky, but, you know, came up with something and it got traction because the time was right and then converted that into something that had a huge wealth. But it's the emotional and physical cost to her um, that I think is is, is interesting. And then how she has moved that on to be um, offering solutions, I guess, for people who are perhaps traveling a similar path, whether that's building a multi-million pound business or whether that's just trying to juggle kids and home and wife and yeah. car and there are all, many ways you can burn yeah, out all of the yeah. different ways it doesn't it doesn't need to be a 300 million dollar business uh, so so I, I started to like her a little bit more then have you read any of her books i haven't she's got quite an extensive bibliography but i'm very varied so obviously you can tell that she She's a writer. Yes. So from writing a, a biography of Maria Callas to writing about the gods of Greece. But there is one book from 2007 that I actually have and I, I enjoyed reading it. Uh, it's called On Becoming Fearless in Love, Work and Life. And and it's a good read. If all her other work is like that, then I, I can recommend she, she knows how to write. And um, I, I do think that her her own personality came out in that book and presumably thrive is is part of that you know this this is me this is what i've learned yes. from that journey yeah. but I, f- I found that a really good book her most recent book on the bibliography is as you mentioned the sleep Tr- revolution which was published in 2016 yeah she um she, uh, she had a, a a brief spell when she was presenting on BBC, uh, was it on BBC TV? I just find my reference. Yeah, her career is just. Her, she wrote her first book when she was twenty-four. Um, she's been on the Daily Show with John Stewart, but here in the UK, she started off on TV, and they pulled her after only four, five no. editions. Here we go. In nine, in nine, March to April, nineteen eighty. Huffington joined Bob Langley as the co-host of BBC One's late night talk and entertainment show Saturday Night at the Mill. 
Um, she was replaced by Jenny Hanley. Now, I don't know why she was dropped, um, whether she was moving on to something to something else. Um, but she she has an, an interest in women, um, women's lib, etc., etc. Uh, she yeah, she's she's interesting, but she's a bit. Hmm. Can I share bit, this mm, with you? I yeah, think you go might on, like this. So I found an article on uh, FT.com and it was an article about sleep. And uh, she, she, um, she says that Trump embodies the problem with sleep. Um, she says that Trump displays classic characteristics of sleep defra- deprivation, namely impulsiveness, paranoia, an inability to process information. And Ariana Huffington says he needs to get more sleep and he needs to charge his phone away from his bedroom so he doesn't wake up in the middle of the night and retweet Mussolini or attack the former <laughs> Miss Universe. <laughs> so if ever you needed an argument that you need to change the way you sleep, then, then that's it. Be less yeah. Trump. Yeah. And uh, also right at the end of the article, um, the, the guy um, who was... Um, interviewing her he he says um i've only got his surname here as cooper um he says that um bedtime now means bedtime to him um he leaves the day behind by putting his phone away he doesn't have his smartphone next to his bed and he's waking up feeling a lot better and he's gone down as a an early convert to this idea so Clearly, I know there's something in this. I know that it's important to leave your phone away from your bedside, which may inform the quote that I've chosen for this week. OK, go on. What is that? <laughs> OK, so I, I've chosen the quote from Arianna Huffington, which is directly to do with sleep. It says, I declare an end to my day by removing my phone from my bedroom and putting it in a phone charging bed. So really, and I'm saying that knowing that is what I should do. So I'm going to try and learn from it. Why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? Heather, what have you got? Okay, I've got two. One, failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of success. And success is commonly defined as money and power. But increasingly, that's not enough. It's almost like a two-legged stool where you fall over if that's all you measure your life by. And that's a woman who's been there. So two legged stool. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. So yeah, Ariana Huffington, she does appear quite a few times in articles about leadership styles. Um I, I did a little test to see if I had uh, Ariana Huffington's leadership styles. Um apparently not. I, I'm more like Bill Gates, the control freak. Ah, okay. Came no comment. Surprise. Ariana Huffington's described as the humanitarian. So clearly <laughs> I've got a lot to learn. <laughs> Well, she's written lots of books. I'm sure there's one on how to be more Ariana yeah, and less, less Bill Gates. Yeah. Although or Bill, less Bill I, Gates. I wouldn't mind the money of Bill Gates, so maybe, <laughs> maybe that's something we can learn from. <laughs> okay, well, that's about all we've got time for this week. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. Join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.